Hello, and welcome to Cast the Pod to Your Witcher. I'm your co-host, Dov. I'm your co-host, Aaron. And I'm Max. And today we're discussing the second chapter of the second Witcher novel and fourth Witcher book. <sighs> um, <laughs> like, 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 Times of Contempt. <laughs> and, oh boy, it's a good chapter. I mean, uh, everything in Times of Contempt is a good chapter. Every single chapter in Times of Contempt is a good chapter. But this is a good chapter. It is a good chapter, and it's just like following on the last one. It's just, it hurts so much because the last one, we're seeing everything falling apart in the wider world. And then this this one, we just like zoom in on like Siri having like a totally normal like, child experience for like yeah. the first time in her life. It's just like a totally normal like teenager's first day in the city. Yeah. Like she this is just... this chapter is basically city goes to the mall. <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 amazing. It's I mean, that episode of um Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, it's the mall episode of Stranger Things. And I mean <laughs> It's it's it, I mean it's still sort of ominous because like you know how every chapter starts with one of those interstitial bits. This one starts with I, I okay. So this is I think is this our first introduction to Dandelion's half century of poetry or did that's what I yes, thought. Yes, like the I first read it, I of it. Yeah, 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 it must be. Okay, so small, not quite spoiler. It's like this. These interstitials are of course an ongoing thing for the rest of the novels, and we get more and more bits from Dandelion's half century of poetry. Um, and this is basically you know old dandelion has sat down and written a book about sort of you know his life as a, as a traveling poet um and, and this one this chapter which is this like lovely yeah siri goes to the mall chapter starts with this this passage um uh, from dandelion's sort of reflections late in life um about siri and um you know he says, you know, no one, no one really knew her. You know, I, um, I had a sense that she was supposed to be extraordinary because I'd been told that, but I couldn't find, see anything about her that was anything other than just plain ordinary girl. Um, and um, I noticed nothing and sensed nothing, nothing that could have been a signal, signal, a presentiment, or a harbinger of those subsequent tragic events, events caused by her very existence and those she caused by her actions. Yeah, like, it's so, so ominous to what is a very, very quiet, yeah. very polite chapter. Yeah, like he's, he's he's writing that like people asked him if if he sensed the foretaste of death striding behind the girl. Like, so we've got this in our heads going into the slice of life. Yeah, yeah. We we sort of start as a lot of chapters do after the interstitial with them on horses approaching a village, and we sort of get a description of what's you know what's Gorville in, um, mm-hmm. and we get more more of Siri being gay. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not particularly subtle oh yeah at this yeah point. yeah um so they, they're getting to outside the city and you know they've been riding for days and are looking a little scruffy and and yan makes siri stop so yan can like do her makeup and hair right so she can like you know look the part of the like powerful enchantress riding into the city and yeah just like yan stops to do her makeup and is like messing around with her hair and siri let out a sigh of awe and licked her lips <laughs> like, come on man this is a theme in this chapter <laughs> Yeah, there's a few of them. Um, but we also we, we also get a description here of um. I think it's uh, is it the first time that glamour is shown as being used? Yes. 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 So um, this is something that's like slightly different from people who watched the show only get this impression that like it is sort of like this one-time transformation that makes the 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 mages so incredibly beautiful. Um, and and there is some of that, but 
um this is a specific sort of um it's not quite a potion i guess it's like a a potion built into like a face cream or something um that uh that yennefer and the other sorceresses use to be like stunningly distractingly can't look away from them beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah and um, of course the reason why Geralt is constantly obsessing about lilac and gooseberries is because that's what <laughs> that's what um, Yennefer smells of. Yeah, yeah, Yen's particular blend of this is uh, scented with lilac and gooseberries. I, I googled the the um, elder speech uh, like name for Glamour, like Gam- Glamaria, and apparently there is a shop out there uh, like some, some person makes um, like witcher themed perfumes um like with that as the name of their yeah, etsy shop on etsy. <laughs> which That's is cool. cool i like that i've got to say i've looked at them before and i've been like a little bit a little bit tempted because i just think they look so so interesting um yeah and they come in cute little jars yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah so I've just spaced out for a second. Um, so this is this is actually quite cute. They like you know they ride into town and um, see how much Siri has just like basically lived all of her life, yeah, running around the the castle, but you know still as a princess in 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 Sintra and then the rest of her life basically in the woods. <laughs> um, so she just seems very confused and disoriented by the concept of of city, um, just you know not thinking about things like riding through the questionable puddles on city streets and kind of getting in everyone's way um yeah and not sort of understanding that she kind of needs to be um incognito and and it's quite intentional as to why yennefer is making herself so striking so that people look at her and not at the scruffy little child with her yes exactly i do think we did forget to mention yeah um the, the 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 elves hung by the by the forest oh um, no or yeah yeah guys let's yeah. talk about the crucified oh, God, elves i skipped right past that because it's yeah um uh, well they're not crucified they're like on like cart wheels that yeah. are mounted on the top of poles yeah but essentially but essentially yeah. it's a crucifixion <laughs> Yes. Yeah, okay, so backing up, before they go to Gorsville and while they're still kind of out at a crossroads, um, we get we get a little scene of how brutal the war with the Scoyatel has become. Um, yeah, so yeah, they're onto the there's, war nine, stage. there's nine posts with nine, oh, so there's nine corpses being pecked apart by birds. Um, y- y- yeah. Yeah. Um, not great yeah as they say and and the worst thing is is yen asks yen asks are they brought here alive is this done to them alive and they're like oh no when uh when the scoyatel are captured alive we bring them to the city to torture them in public just you know to make sure we put some fear into the civilized non-humans who live there yeah so they you know yeah, don't get any ideas about and... about joining them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's so the ones who yeah. yeah. So the ones who were mounted on these pikes were already dead first, but yeah. I I have to say there's this one bit here that made me question Yen's um exactly what Yen's objecting to because uh she Yen is obviously disgusted by what is happening here. Uh but her way of expressing that is to say to think we have been forbidden from necromantic practices out of respect for the dignity of death and mortal remains on the grounds that they deserve reverence, peace and a ri- and a ritual and ceremonial burial grounds. Um the, the guy who she's talking to replies like what are you saying my lady and i had to think like yen are you just mad you're not allowed to do necromancy <laughs> not at their yen? torture i mean <laughs> like i think i like it, it's 
I, I okay, so I think the like to to be clear, like the guy's response, um, like um, while it sounds a bit, um, sorry, what did you say in English? Like, 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 um. At least in the Lithuanian translation, it sounds more like like she's just muttering under her breath, and he doesn't actually hear what she's saying. <laughs> Fair enough. Like 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 he's using the same he's using the same phrasing, but it's more it's more at least in Lithuanian. Therefore, I assume probably in Polish that sentence would sound less like an interrogation and more like a sorry i didn't quite catch that yeah i mean regardless of his response i do have to like obviously obviously i'm not saying she isn't disgusted by what they're doing with the bodies i just kind of love that the first thing she thinks is so i'm not allowed to do necromancy but you're allowed to do this i'm I'm pretty i'm pretty sure she meant that only you know like as a As 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 uh, <laughs> like 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 as 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 a as a as a double standards thing rather than a rather than a I should be allowed to do it. I'm pretty sure, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, spoilers. Right? I mean, she... Game Yen does some in the game stuff. Okay, but to be fair, <laughs> Game Game Yen like is is doing that as an explicit act of like. She loves Siri so much she violates her own principles, like because yeah, she describes it as like <laughs> sitting in a bath of slugs. Because I I will remind you I will remind you that like when when Dandelion asked Yen if she could possibly do a bit of necromancy on Rienzi's um, <laughs> pals, like like th- th- she was just like no what the fuck Dandelion. <laughs> oh, I love that he asked her that though. Yeah. Fucking dandelion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As one does. Um, but as one does, can you just do a casual bit of necromancy? <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, so that's sort of like, oh, that was so unpleasant that I just, yeah, just was like wanting to just, I guess, forget that it happened. But uh, pretty important, actually, for the rest of the, the chapter that we start off with the, um, the racial <laughs> politics of the continent. <sighs> Uh, because immediately after seeing this, they go and visit a non-human. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Their uh, their their first sort of call when they get into the city is to go and uh, see um, Yen's banker, who is um, a dwarf. Yeah. Yeah, and who starts complaining about uh, racist taxes. Um, yeah, he gives away like sixty yeah. percent of his bank's profit to <laughs> to. <laughs> Yeah, to to to, so... to the Tiberian <laughs> government just because of additional taxes levied on non-humans. <laughs> yes, exactly. So Yen's banker Giancardi, he is a um, he's a dwarf, and he has yeah. He immediately starts talking about how um, yeah the the taxes um, that are being levied um, on the non-humans are like, and they're like specifically being taxed to fight the Scoyatel. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like it's... A... The, the specific the specific yeah. like funds are needed for the campaign against the Scoyatel. Yeah. Yeah. So they, this 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 is talked about in um in the context of um basically Jens asking about sort of her her correspondence that goes through her bank in Vangerberg and her bank here in Gorsvalen, and uh, he's telling her that her correspondence is being tracked. And that uh, Vivaldi, the other bank, had been trying to, uh, didn't want to track down necessarily who had been 
doing it and the person who had been opening her mail was killed um and uh then sort of that leads him into saying well you know there's there's one notices certain things when one's been in the game this long and and, you know the war is a brewing we don't know that he was killed (laughs) officially it's it's an unfortunate accident oh i'm sorry he fell (laughs) drunk into a ditch and drowned unfortunate (laughs) to be fair erin in the witcher worse of all places there are definitely lots of people who just (laughs) fall into a well and drown (laughs) yes it's true (laughs) I can barely count all the times the story nearly ended because Geralt (laughs) nearly fell into a ditch and drowned while drunk (laughs) (laughs) like tell me I'm wrong right (laughs) but uh yes I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Either that or it nearly ended because him and Dandelion almost starved to death because they ran out of money. Or... Yeah. Sometimes shit just yeah. happens in this universe. One has to accept that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, and this is very sapek, by the way, that he's like, oh, yeah, war's coming. I can tell. I can tell because there's a poll tax and a winter billeting tax and a tenth growth and a non-human tax and a, I know, war is coming. Of course, it's about taxation policy. <laughs> And of course, the evil of the government in this is because they charge yes. too many taxes. Like, like I, I mean, I mean, for what it's worth, they are discriminatory taxes. It is worth noting. They are discriminatory like, taxes. That but, is bad. But it is, but it is, but it is, but it is interesting that like Sapex seems legitimately more outraged about this than like about like the I don't know punitive expeditions to non-human territories. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, quite. <laughs> um, but the other thing that Giancardi is noticing is that people are swapping their more sort of fixed assets for gems, all the better to be able to flee to the north with. <laughs> yeah, because you can carry them in a bag built. and have yep. a knife in the other hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's just pointing out a lot of things are, are, looking, are, are looking bad, and he's hoping that this conclave of mages that Yen's on her way to will do something to stop it. And of course, and... Siri is not meant to be listening to this entire conversation, but she is um, quietly in the corner. Yes. <laughs> yes. And he's also pointing out that he thinks if anything is going to happen, it's going to happen soon because you want to, um, it's coming into autumn and you want to start a war before the storehouses are full and while the river is low. So. Once again, very sapic, very sapic. Yeah. <laughs> indeed yes (laughs) um thinking about the logistics um and this is also where we learn that um yen in her very long life had a had a role in um and this is where it's quite relevant that we're talking about sort of like persecution of non-humans uh that yen um saved um giancardi's family from a, a pogrom in in Vankerberg many many years ago. Yeah, which is cool. So that's good fun. on Yen. Good on Yen. Good, good, good for Yen. Good for Yen. Um, you know, I don't. You know, yes. it's it's hard to even to say yes. anything beyond good <laughs> for, for Yen this at that situation. That was happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, objectively. Yeah, and um, yes, yes. So we learn we learn this because um, you know, Giancardi considers his family to be sort of you know have a life debt to yen and so she's got unlimited credit with him and can kind of have whatever she wants and she seems a little uncomfortable with this but yeah oh no giancardi is is yen um, is yen's chewbacca so she settles some tax affairs and money affairs and whatnot <laughs> yes yes molnar giancardi is yen's chewbacca oh no <laughs> oh well <laughs> uh. it means he survives 
<laughs> it did mean he survives. That does mean he survives. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yes. Um, and he, while she's talking to him, he also passes on that a witcher he considers to be family visited Dorian recently and ran up some debt and uh, is also working for very little pay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and he offers to just settle settle the debt for Geralt. Um, and I think this is so sweet that like Yen knows him well enough to be like, oh, Geralt would be furious if he knew that I was just taking care of his finances. His debts. Yeah. Um, what you can do is sort of like, yeah, what you can do is you can sort of see this little contract that you think he's going to take just uh, talk them into raising the, the price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just love the idea that Yen is like casually in the background, like arranging Geralt's life around him to make it a little bit more comfortable without him noticing. <laughs> yeah, it's very Geralt. Uh, it's very. I always said Geralt. It's very, very Geralt. Very, very, it is very Geralt. <laughs> <laughs> it is Damn in it. fact very Geralt. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she pays off school fees. She pays off. Some oh other... yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we should talk about the fact that that Yen is Yen is keen to give Siri to the wizarding school in Eratusa. I think we have kind of moved past even eventually yes. that fact. Um, Elided. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. So yeah, the point of Gorsvalan is that it is right beside uh, Thaned, which is where you know the Conclave of Mages is going to be, and uh, Eratusa is right over there too. Yeah. So she just drops thousands of. Uh, is it crowns or orans? Um, just it's everywhere. Crowns. Crowns it's... for the tuition. I think orans was something else. Oran orans are technically the Tiberian currency, but um, the Aratusa mm-hmm. takes payment in Novigrad crowns. I suppose more stable currency than that. And I think this is something to to possibly um, consider is that Geralt has been running himself ragged to make two hundred and fifty crowns to pay for um, uh, the services. It is of... a lot of money. Yeah. It is implied to be a lot of money. Yeah, Geralt's been running himself ragged, job, job after job after job, to make 250 gold to pay Codringer and Fed. And here's Yen like, oh yeah, 1,200 crowns for, for tuition, 200 for the matriculation fee, uh, 500 crowns for my new dresses. Yeah, she drops 10 werewolves on dresses. <laughs> <laughs> 10 uh, werewolves on dresses. Yes. Yeah, and what's quite funny is, um, so yeah, Yen's doing this thing where she's like arranging Geralt's life around him without him knowing that she's doing it. And uh, and Giancardi's like, well, if you think he's going to be so mad about it, like what happens if he finds out and Yen's just, just like staring daggers at Siri? Well, who would he find that out from? But anyway, um her her banker wants to talk to her more about sort of things that Siri shouldn't overhear. So he suggests that she go, Siri go explore the city with uh, one of uh, the young sort of men who works at uh, who works at the bank. And he finds uh, and, and another hint at how tense things are is Yen's like, oh, I don't know, like if if you send her out with a dwarf, like a, a young girl in the company of a dwarf might not, you know, in this city the way the tensions are. And he's like, no, 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 I wouldn't just do that. I'll send her with a human. So like that kind of shows how bad like the like the situation. The, the, the funny thing is I. I don't know if this is this, I don't know if this is a thing in like the the English, but in the Lithuanian, um, the word they used for hi- the the word they used for his response to Yen saying that thing about like I don't know about sending her with a dwarf was was that it it, it was outraged. He was like, I wouldn't even think of sending her with a dwarf, <laughs> like. It's yeah, just... it said indignantly in English. Yeah. yeah. It's... <laughs> 
friend, is that some internalized racism you've got going on there? Um. I actually could not tell whether he was indignant that she was annoyed about the thought of Siri going with a dwarf or indignant that she was so silly to think he would ever think to send her with a dwarf. It was the really latter that is implied in the Lithuanian, at least. <laughs> so that's interesting. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, so, but that's how bad things have got in the city is the idea of like a human girl walking around with a dwarf would incite like racial violence, which like, okay, cool. Cool and good. good. Cool and Scores good and land. normal. Yeah. Cool. Cool and good and normal. Um, uh, yeah. This is how we live. Yes. Should we, should we point out as well that the, so they, they go to send them away with Giancarli's protege um, and his name's Fabio Sachs. <laughs> Sachs being, you know, yes. the most American banker name that you could possibly come up with. You might I think like he gold. might have oh, been God, referencing right. that Sachs while we're at like it. Like Goldman Sachs? Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm yeah. fairly sure he might have been. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> yeah. think about that. Because yeah. he was he was a <laughs> big thing in like neolib circles in Eastern Europe around the time when this was being written. I think, uh, oh no, I cited Re- Rockefeller. Um, yeah, <sighs> he he's a big guy in oil markets, Sachs. Um, I love uh, his papers. Lovely. Also, these days, shills for the CCP, of all things. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was, he did the, Sachs was the natural resource curse. Yes, it was. 1995 paper, J.D. Sachs and yep. um, Warner. Um, I, I Of course, Sapic would name him either character, but after fucking J.D. Sachs. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. of course. I just assumed, I just assumed Sachs, the, the bank, I didn't think about. Sachs, like the investment bank. I didn't think about Sachs the Economist as well. Of course, it's Sachs the Economist. Yeah. Do yeah, we know any economists is. whose first name are Giancarlo or Giancardi? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but there uh, are lots of uh, Italian economists. Might yeah, well they, be. They get Sapek. Yeah. Ah <laughs> uh, oh, well, so this is send, how we live. They're sent out. Uh, yen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yen gives a, a talisman or an artifact of some kind to Siri, just as a sort of escape plan in case something goes down. And they head out to the market and are ordered, return by noon, don't get into trouble, you know, try and lay low. And of, of course, uh, it's Siri. That's not exactly what happens. But they go first and go and get some food, um, some donuts and other such bits and pieces. Yeah, and so off they go to have their little, like, I mean, not so much mall as a city market adventure. Yeah. Um. And, oh my god, actually, like guys, honestly, it's, it's... honestly, like I love these. I love this scene. Like, 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 like where where like Sapik just describes one bit of the city after another. Like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like it's the most exhaustive depiction of an urban setting we've seen in The Witcher so far. It is, and because it's not through Geralt's eyes, it's actually, like, joyous. Because when it's through Geralt's eyes, it's like, everything smells, and it's too crowded. And everyone and hates me. <laughs> yeah. But with through Ciri's eyes, yes, at first we get that she's disoriented, and it's confusing, and she's, you know, steps in people's way. It takes her a while to figure it out, because she's been in the woods or in Kaer Morin for, like, years at this point. Um, or at a in a nunnery, essentially, for years at this point. Um, and, um, but then she... Um, she, well, as soon as she sort of starts to understand it she's like in love with the city right and it's just like yeah. so cool to see it yeah. it's a wonderful bit of yimby literature is what it is it really is like um, <laughs> the objective of all the objective of all urban policy is to ensure every city looks like Gorsmelen <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But Fabio says something horrible. Oh, I love that line. It's so funny. This is such a running theme in Siri's life as well. Fabio says to her, Fabio says to her, sorry, your mistress uh, is is very strict. She isn't a close relative, is she? It's obvious right away. And and Siri (laughs) says, "Uh, oh, is it? How can you tell? And he replies, she's very beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So unnecessary. Fabio, you monster. (laughs) Fabio, you absolute dick. (laughs) Incredible Uh, pattern, though. Like, yes. Like, I would simply die if that happened to me. Yes. (laughs) Um. Yes. Yeah. If someone did that to me, I might just yeah die on the spot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um. But Siri is distracted by by not very subtly asking about Eretuza and how to get in and out and also the directions to the you know the area where she's heard Geralt is from that conversation um and so um Fabio takes her up onto the walls and tells her about Eretuza um and this is where we learn that uh once girls get into Eretuza they don't really come out get out (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah sigh yeah which of course is a great place to stash a, a kid who you really really need to hide because she shouldn't exist yes yes like i, I see you thinking it's good thinking it's but... it's good thinking just not necessarily ethical thinking <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so siri is none too pleased with this and yeah a very unsubtly kind of immediately follows it up with and how do i get to here and um which is where she'd heard that Geralt was but it's 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 great that like Fabio doesn't know shit. Like he 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 doesn't yeah. even like he doesn't even find this suspicious at all. He's yeah. perplexed, no, but just... he's not finding it suspicious. Uh, yes. So you know she's satisfied now that she she knows how to to to, to go her own way if she wants to, and and off they go um, eating food from from all the different food stalls and and having. Um, <laughs> I love this because like you know sometimes it's like oh they're having like these delicious like plum filled donuts and then other times they're like and then they stopped at a sauerkraut barrel and just kept eating from it yeah <laughs> and like I mean, how I, eastern I also... european a fucking sauerkraut ba- 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 I, I mean, barrel that's fantastic i mean i love sauerkraut but like no no on. we have those we have those in the in eastern europe like in the markets you will see just battles Barrels of sauerkraut. Yeah, you can just buy some sauerkraut in a fucking uh, plastic, you know, like like in in a poly bag from like like one of those one of yeah. the, one of those zip bags, you know, like like the the, the, the yeah like uh, yeah and, and, you know like I I used uh, this is a childhood memory for me because when I was a kid I used to I used to go to the market with my babysitter and she would buy me sauerkraut and I would just. And like as we were buying it, like like the the old lady selling it would be like, "Would you like to try some before you buy it?" It was always very exciting because it was free food. <laughs> okay, that actually sounds amazing. And once again, like I feel like I need to go to there because I do like absolutely love sauerkraut. The idea of maybe just standing there eating it from the barrel. <laughs> no, much, it was it I... was great. It's not literally <laughs> from the battle. They give you no, some. no, no. You weren't. Uh, it really makes it sound like Siri and Fabio. No, no, no. They 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 give you some in a little bowl. It's it's civilized. That does sound very nice. <laughs> that sounds very nice. I want to go to there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know, they they sort of head through the market then, um, and of course, 
there's a, a moment where a bald fat priest gropes Siri in the street and she almost gets into a fight over it. Yeah, um, she nearly she nearly kicks him. It's really funny. Uh, yes. And has to be dragged away because obviously she's going to start a scene if she starts a fight with a priest in the middle of a crowded street. Yes. And I, I, and again, it's just like all these wonderful descriptions of, of crowds and buskers and dancers and, and people singing and, and just, oh, yeah, this... I want to be in a busy market town. Yeah. <sighs> Gorsvalen sounds amazing. Um, I do have to ask yeah. what was fucking grog with the developers of The Witcher 3 who gave us Valen, the region it is in, and didn't give us Gorsvalen. Um, <laughs> Dicks. <laughs> I mean, for what it's worth, they gave us Novigrad, so, you know, fair play. But like, yeah, um, and Oxenford. But like, still. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get another moment of Siri being very gay. Um, so... There's a she that comes up they come up to a tent and it's like um Lila Red Siri, um, blah 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 reveals all the secrets of her body in the dance. What nonsense. And then and then stops for a second. What kind of secrets? Dot 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 <laughs> and then uh, Fabio has to drag her away from there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like yeah. like Geralt Yen, your child is not straight. <laughs> Uh, yes. The, like, um, that can be said with some definitiveness, you know? <sighs> yeah, oh, like, the stuff she does later in this chapter is pure disaster by behavior. <laughs> um, um, so, um, and, and, you know, it's all, it's all markets do. There's a fortune teller as well, which Siri tells Fabio, like, oh no, fortune telling is nonsense. It's a real difficult gift prophecy and very few people have it. And this is just going to be nonsense. Nerd. And then of course she goes into like... one of her trances. <laughs> I'll show you a fucking prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> you want your fortune read? <laughs> I'm about to Here's goddamn read it. Yeah. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> it's time for but some is, prophecies <laughs> to be fair it's a nice prophecy yeah he dies fairly young but for a medieval world this isn't that bad um, his you know, he wants to know family. if he's going to travel and she tells him he's going to be like one of the world's great well, explorers she doesn't tell him she sees it in her mind yeah okay well she 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 sees anyway that yeah. he will be actually become one of the world's great explorers and die at the age of fifty four somewhere out and out at sea. Yeah, from a disease that currently still has no name. But he will discover a new continent. Yes, which is cool. The good news is, married with four kids by the time he dies. So on the whole, a full life. Yeah, he yeah. probably dies the Catrina, um, but uh, it's probably the unnamed but, disease. But uh, yeah, so. Uh, the sort of highlight of their little adventure is that they uh, come across um, that other sort of great centerpiece of all sort of medieval market things with fortune tellers and dancers and things. There's also uh, someone displaying what they claim to be a basilisk from Zer- from Zer- Zerikania. Yeah. Zerikania, yeah, the yeah. Zerikan deserts. Yeah. Um, but of course, Siri, who knows monsters because she's been trained by witchers she's a baby witcher, um, decides yeah. to start heckling because it is clearly not a basilisk yeah basilisk fucking sucks <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's He's like, look, don't you see how menacing it is? Look at its teeth. It's got teeth. Just like, and she cuts in, just like a wyvern. (laughs) 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 
yeah so she's 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 heckling she's heckling the the animal handler and this 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 wyvern um that's in the in the cage and she's like look i will prove to you it's not a basilisk i'm gonna go and stand in front of the cage and it can breathe on me and i'm not gonna get poisoned um and fabio is freaking out of course yeah um, you, wouldn't you be yeah <sighs> Yes. <laughs> so she goes and stands in front of it and uh and you know while she's while she's doing that there's also um there's also a, a young squire who's there with with his girl who feels like he needs to chivalrously defend this you know sweet young lady who's put herself at such risk of harm um and this is where Siri is being a total bisexual disaster i'm sorry but like um the you know the the knight who's who's there with his girl is suddenly like not paying attention to his girl at all it's like oh no i cannot allow allow you fair lady to put yourself in such she danger. immediately like, starts flirting with him yeah she immediately like... starts flirting and she's like oh there's no risk whatsoever noble knight she smiled seductively in spite of all of yennefer's warnings <laughs> <laughs> and you know the the girl is the other girl who was with the the, the squire is getting like mad jealous and Siri kind of like internal monologue is like she doesn't know why the expression of rage on the apricot maiden's face caused her such pleasure it's like Siri oh bisexual disaster <laughs> yeah good for her good for her <laughs> she's been stuck she's been stuck in a nunnery for the last year <laughs> let her flirt <laughs> and so of course all of her taunting of this uh wyvern slash basilisk come comes to a roost we also we also get some fun actually before that we get some fun lore about the folklore as to how um basilisks are allegedly created um oh yes yeah, where they sort of some very that... homophobic flo- folklore. Yeah, they, yes, they come from gay roosters, basically. <laughs> That's... Yeah, gay roosters lay eggs, <laughs> uh, um, uh... and then they're they they have to be then they have to be hatched by a nest of vipers, which then when it hatches, it has to eat them all to absorb their poison. This <laughs> is apparently, according to folklore, how basilisks are created. Yeah, supposedly. <laughs> Supposedly. Though Siri does not seem to think much of this theory. No, she 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 says it's nonsense. It's just monsters. Yeah. Um, but all of the um the 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 taunting of the wyvern with Siri standing right in front of it and with uh you know Fabio on one side and this young squire on the other results in it breaking out of its eh, you know probably gonna break out of it eventually anyway apparently quite rotten cage. Um, but Siri being Siri st- steals the squire's sword and. Uh, uses all of her training to quite quickly dispatch it before um, shoving the sword back into the squire's hand and pretending like he's the one that did it. Um, which, smart of her to try to deflect that, because that would certainly raise some questions. Yeah. Um, and then before she all prompt, hell breaks loose. Promptly vomits. <laughs> <laughs> because this is the first time she's actually killed anything, isn't it? I think uh, so, yeah. I think you're yeah, probably, probably right. Yeah, that's why she feels so sick. Yes, of course. I know I know that's yeah. really obvious, but like I was being an idiot about it and I was reading this chapter yet again for like the fourth time, going like <laughs> why is she vomiting? <laughs> Yeah, no, she's she's kind of interesting. So she describes like what she does is like totally like out of instinct and like without feeling like she wasn't even really in control of her body. Just like when she picked up the sword, all of her training took over. And then when she kind of comes back to herself and and realizes she's for the first time killed something, she's yeah, immediately sick. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, And then her and Fabio run away and she activates this this amulet that Yen had given her, which I guess made her invisible. And yeah, Yen had explicitly warned her that like anyone who is trained at it will be able to um, 
tell that magic is going on. Yes. Um, Which is and, important. And who shows And who shows up but the headmistress of Eretusa. Yeah, and the former headmistress of Eretusa as well. Eretusa. Yes, assuming that she is a novice who has run away while they were uh, moving the girls' dormitories around for the conclave. Yep. Yep. Awkward. Um awkward and uh so they're they're about to bundle her back off to eratusa before fabio explains who she is um it doesn't help that like city um mocks her like yes <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah it's not no, productive Siri, way uh... of going about it but in defense of city have you noticed what what is a very cool thing she's doing she's obeying yennefer's instructions to the letter she's not letting anyone lo- know who she is because she's refusing <laughs> to true. refusing to explain the situation. Yep. I mean, she yeah, she's doing exactly what she's supposed to do. Um, Did not so. tell strangers that she's a child of the elder blood and the lion of Sintra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, if, if it, 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 she, but like, you know, it's 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 interesting, right? Cuz like 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 uh, earlier in the chapter Yin says to her, um which is by the way like just such an okay mom line, like mm-hmm. which is which is like 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 you're going to do as I say and whatever I you know like whatever I say is good for you is always going to be good for you. Um yes. like like um and Siri trusts Yennefer so implicitly that she just yeah she she just goes yeah okay I'm going to follow that yeah. to the letter even at risk to my life yes because <laughs> uh, odds are Yen knows what she's talking about <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and then and then we kind of cut to um you know Fabio cuts in and explains what's going on um and we kind of cut to the headmistress of Eretusa Margarita uh low on teal specifically um, our boobs yeah and siri being again very very I gay mean, the, the the first um, thing established about margarita in this in this chapter is that she's got spectacular boobs like that is it's true the first thing it says is that she's wearing a low-cut dress yeah and yeah the plunging they really neckline. just went there immediately Yep, and then and then you know Margarita Loantiel emerged from the pool with a splash, spraying water everywhere. Siri couldn't stop herself looking. She had seen Yennefer naked on several occasions and hadn't imagined anyone could have a more shapely figure. She was wrong. <laughs> uh, Siri, full spectrum thirst. <laughs> <laughs> She's very much going through being a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even marble goddess statues of goddesses and nymphs would have blushed at the sight of Margarita Loantiel undressed. <laughs> oh, Siri. Uh, <laughs> so we we also get uh, yeah we, we get this little exchange of um, you know the situation's being explained and Siri's being ordered around to bring water wine and, mostly yeah, wine wine um <laughs> so Yen's wanting to get drunk and she's talking with Tessia de Vries and Margarita and um of course in a good bit of uh <laughs> in a good bit of mm-hmm. American Democratic Party feminism we get the head of the um of the guards who is a woman who's talking about torturing the um the elves more women torturers Pretty some <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, so yeah, so yeah. Um we yeah, we have the scene of just like the sorceresses and like this vision of their like 
incredibly luxurious lives where they've just like thrown around however much money it takes to rent out the entire bathhouse of the most expensive inn in the city just for their own private use. Wait, um, um, does Rayla talk at all about like actually torturing the elves? Because I think that was like an inference. Rayla doesn't. I think but that, Yen I'm pretty sure that was in. an inference done by Yen. I mean, it's probably an accurate yeah. one, but like, but like, she d- does not like exactly talk about it. <laughs> Rayla doesn't talk about it. No, Yen says after Rayla leaves, Yen says we're we're getting kind of out of order. Yeah. Um, um. So yeah, they're like sort of you know we get the the scene of the, like the incredibly luxurious lives that the sorceresses live, but then also we see their kind of involvement in sort of broader politics because um they're having the sort of like luxury spa time, but then um to say it has to take an audience with um with this this soldier lady mercenary? soldier yeah like yeah, special forces um, slash mercenary special forces yeah named uh rayla um and yeah who we we learn um is part of king demoven's special special forces which is something that yennefer notices from the 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 rosette that's on uh her shoulder uh, no it's um, not from a rosette it's from a fucking uh there, there's a wristband oh in english it says judging by the rosette you serve in king demoven's special units like it's it's basically implied to literally just be a tri-band wristband. Oh, so in, in English it says she Jennifer's looking at a golden red rosette on the soldier's shoulder and then soldier's shoulder. That is an awful set of words to have <laughs> each other. And then judging by the rosette you serve. Yeah, so that's what it says in English. Yeah, like um, like in Lithuania it was uh, let's see here. Um, um, yeah, it's it's meant to, like first first of all like um, when Yennefer is speaking, she doesn't mention a shoulder at all. Um, uh. And like earlier, when the narrator is speaking, it says Yennefer sat down and looked at a um, a, at a like uh, like circular like like um, f- fucking band of black, red, and gold on uh, the soldiers. Uh, what do you call it? Um, fucking, I'm struggling to translate the Lufadian word. What do you call like the the arms of a shirt? Sleeves. Sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. On the on the soldier's okay, that, sleeve. That makes that makes more sense that it's an armband than a rosette. Like more more time time uh, more 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 less anachronistic, surely. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh... Rayla Rayla just standing with one of those UK Parliament election rosettes. <laughs> In the dirty and colors. <laughs> Rayla the White. Vo- looks... Vote Rayla the White for a dirty and national party. <laughs> you know, I've always thought those looked so silly. I always um, thought so as like, well, yeah. I, I we don't really do those back home. No, nobody does. It's just the Brits. Like, like, like people, people constantly react like weird to me saying that like it looks so strange, but it does just look so goofy. It does. It looks very silly. Like I, I, I didn't. I don't make the rules. You, you chose to look goofy. Yes, I agree with you. Um, but yeah. So, so Rayla enters and says to um to say uh, i report the execution of your instructions i would like to ask for your permission to return to the garrison but i don't think we find out what it was that to say i had ordered Rayla to do do we no <laughs> no i no, like not, not, for now, not for now anyway yeah but yen seems pretty Miffed. pissed off <laughs> um, margarita <laughs> notes that yen um 
had like a hostile voice and uh, again explains that you know what she saw at the crossroads and that these special forces are the ones whose whole idea that this displaying the corpses and things was and Um, there's an interesting thing there as well because actually like yen almost immediately goes into how that isn't even actually her problem mm-hmm. like like because yen immediately starts going uh, like margarita margarita like tries to both sides this in, like an interesting yeah. way um <laughs> let's put it this way like like by going like well but have you witnessed like you know the sort of tortures that the squiatel like inflict on the humans they capture um and yen more or less goes yes yes i know exactly how how war works like but you know i also know how wars are won and they're won by you know um patriotic volunteers defending their home like not mercenaries like herself and i'm just i'm just like so so let me get this straight yen you don't actually object to the war crimes you're objecting to the fact that she didn't do them out of an idea Say what you will about National Socialism, at least it's an ethos. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, I love the Big Lebowski, but that is a line. (laughs) Yen's position on on, on, on war crimes is, it's fine as long as you believe in them. I mean, in fairness, in fairness to Yen, she did, she did go and like put her, you know, if left alone, immortal life on the line for an idea, you know. Yeah, yeah, but it was, but it was, but it was not, but it was, but the idea was not, was not, um, committing war crimes is fine, actually, as long as you're not (laughs) being paid for them. (laughs) True. You want to do them Uh... gratis. Like, you know, I'm not... Yen's position is like, yeah, war is cool and all, but you should do it for free. (laughs) (sighs) Yen. I mean... It is really interesting because, like, there is something she could probably say about, like, the the willingness to do brutality of people who are just, like, fighting for money as opposed to, like, maybe semi involuntarily are doing no, but, this but, for the cause of the country but don't want to be there but no it's just literally about they don't know anything about sacrifice but, but fuck them Aaron, Aaron, like, <laughs> listen to what she's saying it's not even it's not even that they don't want to be there she is pro yeah. enthusiastically dying for your country that's, that's true <laughs> like like Yen, Yen is ba- making, making a basically nationalist argument for a standing rather than mercenary army uh, Yen <laughs> Yen always has some like, ideas. Yen just has interesting political views. Like, yeah, she's like at all I times mean, like one step away from like being like 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 some sort of like fucking tradwife fascist. Well, she's got some real fascist ideas about like the role of women of reproductive age. Yeah, yeah, exactly what I mean, right? Like, yeah. Uh, for those who don't remember, we are referencing the Dragon Hunt story where she said that dragons are the true enemies of humanity because only dragons only dragons threaten cities, and cities are where women should be having a baby once a year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do wonder how yeah. much of that derives from the fact she literally can't. Um, so she's sort of projecting. Onto... I mean, to be fair, we, we, if it I is, was, it if is I long could, established that Yen's, Yen's beliefs about things are kind of projections of her pain. Yes. They are. And that's true. We discussed that at length in that episode. Um, go back and listen if you haven't. <laughs> 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 that's 
Um, Listen to but, all uh, of our episodes. Or else. Oh, yeah. What are you doing here if you haven't listened to the previous ones? Get back to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but, 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 yeah. So they kind of just like the, 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 the captain is gone and they're kind of done with this conversation. And, um, you know, they, they send Siri away to go get some more, more booze and Legit. just have like a sort of pretty banal chat about Margarita's relationship problems. And, and it turns into an allegory about Yen's relationship problems. <laughs> Yeah, of course. It sure does. <laughs> uh, and yeah, 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 it, yeah. Because Margarita's been having a long-term fling with a man who was married, and it's like, oh, I'm not big into I don't know. I, I, I think she's trying to pass it off as a long-term fling, but by every, by, by all accounts, it was like bordering on true love. Yeah, I mean, she brought. But um, he decided yeah. to get married. Yeah. No, no, he was married beforehand. Is the thing. Oh right. <laughs> like no 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 like like what yeah. what by all by all accounts um like uh her boyfriend started wanting was exclusivity. <laughs> uh yes yeah. Which you know fair enough like you know you you're totally free to decide. Uh, that, oh yeah, that's what that's, she said. That's, that's right. Not, that's he jeopardized not for my you. freedom, and the thought of monogamy makes me sick. <laughs> Uh, but for some reason, yeah. you can't stop talking about it, Margarita. <laughs> yeah, I I'm over uh, him. I, no, I it's nothing. No, I'm not thinking about him at all. Not no, even a bit. No, but anyway, I wanna <laughs> yeah. I wanna get wasted until I grab the earth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then of course she says, um, um. Before Siri goes off to go get the wine, uh, Margarita says um, the the immortal lines that, um, uh, gosh, I'm just trying to find the exact wording because it's very good. Um, An enchantress always takes action wrongly or rightly. Um, That is revealed later, but you should act, be brave, seize life by the scruff of the neck. Believe me, little one, you should only regret inactivity, indecisiveness, and hesitation. Which is awesome. And which is awesome. Words to live by. But Siri takes it very literally and very immediately. Leaves a note and runs off to go find Geralt. Though it is also noteworthy that it's that super sad that Margarita, you know, like says this in a moment of great personal pain to herself. It's true. That's true. <sighs> yeah. And I mean, so um... yeah, it is. It is true. Um, but the note that Siri leaves as a result of this is very good. Um, so Siri runs off to go see Geralt and leaves a note sort of echoing these words saying, you know, forgive me, I'm writing to Hirondim because I want to see Geralt. I want to see him before I start school. Forgive my disobedience, but I must. I know you'll punish me, but I don't want to regret my indecision and hesitation. If I'm to have regrets, let them be for deeds and actions. I'm an enchantress. I seize life by the scruff of the neck. I'll return when I can. Read the PS as well. <laughs> oh, yes. PS. Tell Madame Rita she won't have to wipe my nose at school because Margarita had been complaining that she shouldn't have become a headmistress because she was tired of wiping this sniffling noses of the... You know, children she's been left in charge of, and she should be running a shop in Vengerberg like Jennifer. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Class. I mean, imagine spending a significant chunk of. I mean, to be fair, again, you're if you're left alone near a mortal life, having to like babysit like a bunch of upset hey, teenage girls. When... Come on, Aaron. <laughs> like teaching is a, is is a, is a respected respectable profession. You in this podcast, we are pro teacher. I'm pro teacher. I I. I I I have students most of the time. <laughs> yes, and does that was that not in its own way sometimes fulfilling? Oh no, it's good. I just think I don't think I'd handle a boarding school. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> but it's okay. She has. She surely has staff for that. <laughs> Margarita's just complaining. Like, like she's yeah. she's the rectoress. I can't. I can't actually imagine she does all that much nose wiping. That's true. Like realistically totally speaking, you know. <laughs> true. Um. But yeah, then we're then we're with Siri. Um. Storming. Storming across the countryside, trying to uh, get to Hirandum. Yeah, and it uh, should also note she sees a big owl flying through the sky above her. <gasps> she does. Yeah. Who could that be? <laughs> I didn't, I even didn't think even about notice that. that. It's just an ordinary owl, an ordinary bird. There's just no an owl. No, 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 nothing to see here, lads. Only an owl. It is fucking I Philippa. Mean, she even says it's just an owl. I didn't even notice that. I literally didn't even notice that. I was too preoccupied oh with like God. the scoyotel and shit. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you know we see she's she's seeing Torlara and being drawn to it. Yeah, I was. I I literally didn't think. I mean, I rarely yeah, do that in general, a... but... <laughs> <laughs> but there's um, a lot going on here um, in this, 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 this ride. So there's, there's the owl, which I didn't even notice in my previous read of this or this read of it. There's Torlara, which she's being drawn to um, and, and seems to be sort of slightly confusing her sense of her inborn, fated sense of direction. Um, then there's her having um, sort of flashbacks to the the winged knight. There's her having flashbacks to her encounter with the Scoia'tael. Um, there's kind of a lot going on here. Yeah, it's uh, pathos. Yeah. And eventually the wild hunt appears. Mm. Yes. Yes. And they start goading her, calling her young lion of Sintra, child of the elder blood. And yeah. Yeah. Join calling us. Calling on her to join them. <laughs> yeah. That it's, whole thing. Yeah. It's a very cool scene. Yeah. And she's yeah. also cool. seeing like, cool yeah. and normal. Like <laughs> yes, Skip. and she's afraid she's lost her way, but then she realizes no, she stumbled into fish ponds, and and she knows from Fabio that those are just outside here in them, so she knows she's going in the right direction. But she is, you know, you know, terrified. There's lightning, there's thunder, the the wild hunter pursuing. Which this is this is our first encounter with them as well in the series now, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah, we've only heard like folk tales about them before this um yes. and the ship that they travel in and stuff like that uh, and the end of the world they, they they've not actually shown them turning up they're treated as a sort of myth or a harbinger of yeah. war whereas in this case they are actually turning up yeah they're physically there and like the, the king of the wild hunt is like spurring on his skeleton steed and 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 calling out to her you know oh child of the elder blood you belong to us you are ours join our procession join our hunt um you are our star- starry-eyed daughter of chaos. Join us, learn the joy of the hunt. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we are corpses, but you are death. Yeah. I think my version is yeah. slightly differently translated to yours, because mine just says, we are dead, you are death, which is slightly um, different. I think you have enough. the fan translation if you've got the ebook. Yeah. It's probably more yeah. accurate to say we are dead, but like that doesn't sound as good. Cor- we, yeah. we are corpses, you are death, actually, is a really we cool are corpses you are deaf is a very hardcore way to say it. <laughs> yes it's very death metal, i think yeah. i uh, i've got a different ebook copy that's the official translation i'll send it over to you i, I, I don't <laughs> mind i think it's interesting to have to, to compare with... i think what's interesting about the fan translation because i've read the fan translation sort of before for some of the books uh the fan translation of blood of elves is way better than the official translation of blood of elves hmm. but when they start getting a better translator for time of contempt and onwards um they both have kind of interesting things to hmm. to say i know the fan translation does a better job i think of like interpreting the actual words than the official one does sometimes Mm. from what i've been told but yeah it's um fascinating because of how late these books got translated um the fan translations were kind of the only translations for a long time 
better yeah um but yeah after that 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 you know we are we are corpses you are death line um we cut to uh dandelion chilling with some halflings yeah as one does as one does i just bitching that it's a little too hot a little too sticky too many mosquitoes <laughs> yeah actually it's, like, here's, it's very here's close a thing, here's a thing i wanted to speak to you guys about if we're talking about how it's mm-hmm. too hot mm-hmm. so one of the things that siri runs into in gorsvalen is a uh, camel um mm-hmm. like like and i thought that was interesting right because um like, like, you know, like, look, correct me if I'm wrong, but camels can't actually make it that far outside of, like, hot climbs. They start being fairly unwell, I always thought. Is that thought. true? I always thought that's true, for some reason. You, you, never, you never hear of, like, traders traveling on camels from the desert to Europe, right? Historically. Hmm. No, they eventually switch to horses or ships or, you know, whatever. <laughs> I thought that's just because camels are dicks. Yeah, like, horses are pretty chill and camels, like, spit on you and they're not really good to still, ride on. And... Still, you use you use, you use use them for transport, like, in the desert and shit, right? Like, cause, despite the fact that there are desert horses. Um, it's because of their, their feet, isn't it? They've got, like, their feet are a little bit more spread out than horse hooves, so they, like, stand on sand better. That sounds believable. Retain all- sure. Cool. Um, I've Googled, and camels are apparently fine in winter because in deserts it gets down to, like, zero degrees. Huh. No, fair enough. I it's, It was just because, like, you know, I I was just reading, like, all of that Gorsmolan stuff, and I was just going, like... This is a lot more Mediterranean than like, like just you know something about about the vibe of it feels a lot more Mediterranean than like than um, the northern realms are generally interpreted as like yeah it, it, of course yes it's a, it's an anomalously hot summer as established by plot but like but but also like something about like 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 wh- wh- when wh- like the the way Aratusa is described and everything like gives me a vibe of like a warmer climb than the typical satsak um Poland but with more rain that that the northern realms are usually understood as in a lot of adaptations um like basically i was just wondering you know like like if if you guys also felt that like it's just it just feels like a warmer climate than like a lot of adaptations usually take those parts of the world to be i mean i'm just trying to think like the things that they saw i'm just wondering if it's yeah because it is interesting that it is a camel because they're not you know they're they're by the sea and surrounded by the rest of the northern realms that are quite foresty and you know they're just north of Brokilon, right yeah like it's, it's a but we actually have no idea so it's interesting we actually have not really much of an idea of how hot it is in Brokilon. <laughs> yeah um yeah it's just like camels aren't really great forest animals so that's just interesting yeah Huh. I, I, I mean, it could I, be that someone just yeah, like somebody could have just brought a camel. They're clearly they have clearly have some sort of like show of foreign mysteries in town. Like, 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 um, yes. there's lots of explanations for the camel itself. It's just more just like something aesthetically about it felt a lot, uh, felt a lot, le- mm. le- lot less northern European than like places in the northern realms are all often conce- conceived of as. Yeah. Hmm. Just personally, I, I'm not sure. I don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have a strong visual imagination, so um but um but yeah what I thought was interesting about this bit, just because like um 
I kind of came into this from the show first. So sometimes when I'm reading, I like just really love to pick out little bits where it's like, oh, that's clearly where they got that inspiration for that thing in the show that wasn't actually from the books. Um, so there's this bit where like Dandelion is like complaining that it's so hot and we and the, the, the farmer's complaining that um, it's really dangerous that there's clearly a lightning storm starting. Um, but it hasn't rained, so there's going to be fires in the fields. And um, and Dandelion's trying to tell um, the the halfling farmer that uh, you know sorcerers catch thunderbolts. I've seen it with my own eyes. Ah, uh, yeah. You know the the kid is like, ah, you should you should catch lightning in a bottle. Um, and uh, of course, the kid's also giving away that his dad's home brewing and his dad's yelling at him to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I, I just love that they have this conversation about sorcerers catching lightning in bottles. And yeah, Lara, yeah, of drawing course. Lightning. Yeah. And then I'm like, ah, that thing that was in the show where like all the little sorcerers children had to like yeah, catch lightning yeah, in yeah. bottles. Of that's course, clear, they clearly yeah. drew that from this, even though that's yeah. Yeah, that makes that so makes I was complete like, oh, sense. I thought that was really nice. I love how much I love how much the show like draws on little details like this to like spin whole scenes out of when they need to create something that isn't part of the narrative. Uh, it's just I love it. <laughs> it just shows how much like Lauren gets really into the detail of the the books. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, I just thought it was nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I also love I also love the halfling farmer yelling at his son for giving away that he's home brewing. <laughs> uh. Because uh, he's talking about his dad having glass demijohns that he makes wine in. <laughs> uh, yeah, and of course that, as um, we know, that would bring on an additional non-human tax. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Can't have that. So can't have the halflings making their own wine. Um, not without paying. But, not uh, without paying the the um, special half the special not. non-human donative. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Precisely. Um, so they're just waiting for Geralt to get back because he's been off trying to kill a, a Kikimura or a Drowner or something that uh, theoretically drowned a kid, but they think, yeah, maybe someone just fell in and there wasn't a monster anyway. Um, and they're just sort of having a um, just a chat about what's going on in the Conclave and um, um, Dandelion's trying to figure out what on earth Geralt's even doing out here. Um, because it's not like there's any particularly well-paid contracts and he thinks he wants to be near Thaned, but then he didn't want to go to Gors Valen. So just, just having kind of a natter. To be fair, Dandelion um, should be a smart enough person to understand the concept of, well, I don't want to go there, but like, mm, I want to be near her. And uh, yeah. like, 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 yeah. I'm just going to coincidentally choose jobs <laughs> in the vicinity. Just on the off chance, <laughs> something happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah at which point Geralt rides up and is like ugh you know I you know this is weird it's summer and wild hunt and Dandelion's like oh it's important of war and you know you know Geralt's just wa- warning everyone you know lock lock your doors and whatever but it's not usually a problem in summer they never land in summer um and then they hear a horse approaching yeah Ch- and it's Siri chased by a whole fucking racket of wild huntsmen <laughs> yes Yes, it's it's Siri and well Yen with Siri because Yen has caught up to Siri. Yeah, Yen teleports in really. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, and starts shooting um, lightning at them, and Geralt obviously runs out, and there's a whole moment. But <laughs> then poor Siri is faced with Geralt and Yen, and can't decide who to run to, so she just falls unconscious. She literally just faints. <laughs> she chooses to faint. <laughs> well, as we find out this second, anyway. <laughs> For yes. now, she just fades. 
Yes. So she faints because, yeah, I love that. Like, this is this is how Dandelion thinks. And I love it. Dandelion's the one who's like, ah, who will the girl choose? Um, neither of them, the witcher nor the sorceress, will take the first step or make a gesture. Which will she approach first, him or her? Like, this is how Dandelion thinks in a situation where, like, she has just been, like, pulled from the clutches of the wild hunt. Dandelion literally thinks <laughs> in the language of poetry. <laughs> yes. And drama. Uh... But uh, yeah, so Siri comes to the next morning and and creeps out of the, the, the halfling's house to go spy on whatever Geralt and Yen are up to. But Dandelion catches her um, and is like kind of calls her out for having pretended to faint so that she wouldn't have to sort of make a, <laughs> yeah. an awkward social choice. <laughs> and Siri says yes and Yennefer realized. <laughs> uh, there's, yeah. yeah, there's this amazing scene where Dandelion's just trying to lip read but not really translating it appropriately. Um, you know, he's he's poeticizing it because he's a poet. So this is just what poets do. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, you know, Geralt goes quiet. And <laughs> Yennefer starts screaming at him. Uh, and so he's like, oh, what's she saying? He's like, oh, well, uh, Yennefer's apologizing to him now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love this this bit. Like, yeah, Siri's describing what Geralt's doing. And um, he's just like... He's like sitting still and pulling a face and he's not saying anything. And and Dandelion's oh, this is childishly simple. He's asking for her to forgive him for his various foolish words and deeds. He's apologizing to her for his impatience, for his lack of faith and hope, for his obstinacy, doggedness, for sulking and posing, which are unworthy of a man. He's apologizing to her for things he he didn't understand and for things he hadn't wanted to understand. And so he's like, he's just sitting there. You're making it up. <laughs> and and that, like goes, well, that's also the point of poetry. <laughs> uh but um the the important thing really is that um when siri fainted quote-unquote fainted when siri fainted you know they had to carry her into the house together their hands were touching they sat by her bed until um until morning but didn't say a word to each other so like this this fainting ruse has brought them back together and forced them to sort of put aside their differences to take care of her which now means they've had to sit and have a conversation afterwards so We've got everyone back together. Yeah. The whole gang. How nice. Oh. In fact, how in nice. fact, they're not even back together. This is the first time the gang is together. First time. <laughs> yes, this is basically the first time, I guess since we never saw it on screen, but since you're know, on pay- the page, since Geralt handed Siri over to Yen, that they're back together. I don't the I, first time Dandelion's well, been there. Geralt never physically did that. What happened? How did he Oh, I guess he dropped her off he at literally, the at Allender it literally and then was like half right. a year later. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he dropped her off at the at at the temple. He wrote the, a letter, remember? That's <laughs> his right. His dear friend letter. <sighs> dear friend. Yeah, and then Yen showed up later. So yeah, this is it. This is the first time that everyone's together, and the first time Dandelion meets Siri. Yeah, <sighs> which is cool. <sighs> cool yeah. and nice. But also just so distressing because we know from the first chapter that shit is about to get real. Yeah, <sighs> but you know we don't know that yet. Come on, come on. Let's not spoil. Like we, I mean, we first, only first, we only know that chap- things we... are bad. We don't know how bad. Surely there is a possibility that everything <laughs> might get resolved. The kings had such a clever plan to provoke, um, like 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 Emir into attacking at an unsuitable time. Like like like, surely one slain messenger will not derail an entire military strategy <laughs> pre- prepared over recent years. To 
to liberate Sintra sure. from the oppressor. Everything will be fine. <laughs> surely there aren't three more books, and surely Giancardi didn't just tell us that it looks like there's preparations. G- Giancardi just indicated that there will be probably war, but maybe, and we knew that, we knew that, but maybe the war will be a glorious, <laughs> successful liberation of occupied Sintra. Maybe, maybe everything is going to be all right. <laughs> and the wild hunt is not a portent. No, and... no, there are no such. No, there's no such thing as a portent in this world. Famously, <laughs> famously non-deterministic universe. Famously, there are lots of ways things can go in this universe. <laughs> oh, oh, but it's it's so sweet that we've got everyone together um, in this nice little house. Yeah. Before Siri starts school. Before mom and dad drop Siri off at school. Exact literally that. Yes. We are we're just <laughs> witnessing mom and dad drop Siri off at school. There's nothing weird going on. <laughs> why why would um, you worry about this? <laughs> speaking of weird things going on, did you notice how many times Falca got referenced in this chapter? Lots of yes. times, yes. Yes. Just over like and over. Like the the Falca counter is increasing every day. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I can't remember this far into the series. How often has Falca been referenced? Um, it's kind of increase. It's it's an increasing number of times per chapter. Yeah. Yes. Um, I wish I had my ebook copies of Sword of Destiny and stuff so I could do a quick search. Because like I'm just trying to remember how like when we first was she referenced in the short stories. I think she was. Uh, no. I think she was. Was she really? No. Uh, maybe possibly in like one. But that's it. Not like in many of them. Yeah. And like, I think like more in passing and without an expectation that it would become a thing. Yeah. So we haven't really gotten much um, detail about her in this chapter other than that every time they reference horrible tortures and brutal treatment of corpses, it's like, oh, well, even Falca wouldn't have been embarrassed of this kind of behavior. Like, um, and like then they reference like the things that happened in Falca's time. Um, But we haven't really, we don't really know anything about her yet other than that she got up to murder. some not so great stuff love to do some murdering well yeah. but everyone does <laughs> in the winter actually. universe so it doesn't really uh... but he is yeah he's he, he's getting better at the whole structuring novel thing you can tell he's getting much more into the swing of his writing novels by this point um and the translation's a bit better and it's it's coming together yeah it is all coming together it really is all coming together oh this is like i know we were talking when we recorded the last episode about like how the early chapters of this book feel like you're just you're on a roller coaster and you're just that long slow first climb yeah Mm. yeah uh, I've got butterflies. We're almost there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of false starts and lots of nearly misses, and then it's like, oh, it's quite nice. Oh no, um, nope, yeah, nope. Suddenly, nothing is nice. Nothing yeah. is nice anymore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just extremely good pacing, and yeah, he's it, good at this shit. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's. I think that's. I think that's that chapter. Mm-hmm. That that is us. Yeah, that's us. All right. Well. Um, that's our show. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again next time when we discuss the third chapter of Time of Contempt. Um, our music is Medieval Abstraction by Lucas Perny and Miloslav Kolar, which you can find at freemusicarchive.org, and you can find us on Twitter and Tumblr as at thewitchercast, or email us at castapodtierwitcher at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.